Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Creative Imbalance Podcast. Like always, I am your host, Sean Siriani. Today, I am joined with Thompson Egbo Egbo, and he is an incredible jazz pianist. He's got an album out called A New Standard. I definitely recommend you going on Spotify or Apple Music and giving that a click. And also this Friday, May the 4th, he's performing in Kensington Market. It's at the Poetry and Jazz Cafe. If you're thinking of checking that out, I recommend you going a little early. I hear this place fills up real quick, and it's going to be an excellent show. Also that night, he's releasing a new single, his rendition of Gangster's Paradise. I got to hear it a bit early, and it is awesome! So yeah, before we get into this one, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, the Pacific Junction Hotel. Thanks for always taking care of me and my guests. And for those who are listening to this on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, just letting you know, at our home base, www.girthradio.com, you'll be able to see links of Thompson Egbo Egbo doing his thing live, links to his music, and pictures of us in the studio. So with that all being said... We're going to hop into this one. Here's Thompson Egbo Egbo coming at you right now. Live from Pacific Junction Hotel, Girth Radio. She would say, quite say, she absolutely hates it, but just sort of like the dilemma of, what do I do when I'm not happy at my job, but everybody's telling me I should be happy about having this job yeah. in this field, right? It's just yeah, like, yeah. I know it's the CBC and it's tenure and it's this, that, whatever, but like, fuck, is that it? Is that all there is to yeah. life, right? Does, so does she feel like uh, maybe, like, even though she's got this title, like doing like the CBC radio, that yeah. she's not putting in her own creativity yeah. to it, and that's kind of sucking her energy exactly. in a way. So she she decided to take a year sabbatical, and so yeah. she's been in South America for about six months now, seven seven eight months. Just got back to the city this week, and it was and has decided to do a, a podcast or a series of interviews interviewing people who are dying right and oh, so wow, she wow. Right. so she went to long liquid to buy, get a bunch of stuff and i told her before you buy anything let's rent out a couple of different things for you for the next couple of weeks as you do these things yes so you can figure out which one you like so that's why when you saw this like literally just saw her yesterday and we were talking about it i was like how crazy is that right? yeah so. yeah and um <laughs> Keep me posted, like, uh, I'll get, like, all your, your contact after this about her show, too, because yeah. that's very intriguing, too, yeah. and uh, we have, like... Or we started already? Yeah, oh, I, shit, I, I that's just hit awesome. the thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, always, I always, like, leave yeah. a recording, because sometimes, I don't know, like, like I said, sometimes the yeah. best stuff happens around the interview, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, like, us at Girth Radio, too, we love, like, checking out new stuff, and yeah. even, like, sharing stuff beyond... Uh, yeah, our own network cool. as well. So oh, yeah, and I, would, uh, it sounds like a show I I really want to listen to as well. Nice. I will. I will. Uh, I will let her know. Yeah. And, uh, won't say her name now, just so in case you're like Thompson. Why did you say I hate my job? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it could get her in yeah, trouble. Get so, her in trouble. Yeah, Miss Anonymous. She, yeah, definitely. She doesn't hate her job. It's more just kind of like figuring out because we've. All, I think we've all been in that situation where mm-hmm. we're doing something. 
or you know the goals we set for ourselves we get there and then all of a sudden we get there and we're just like whoa this is really underwhelming and uh yeah. there's a lot more that um this is just a piece of what i wanted to do and there is more uh, to me than just mm-hmm. what it is but the people who are sometimes around you in that environment are just like this it, this is as good as it gets why would you ever want any more like what like what is there more to life from this right so definitely it's having, yeah having that uh, sort of balance or perspective mm-hmm. have you ever um, had a moment like that in your music career where like it like parts of it became too much of a job and you weren't doing your own creative yeah actually yeah. i just recently had a moment like that um where um and it's just sort of it's funny because there's no real way to be anonymous with it because uh, yeah. someone can easily uh, <laughs> look it up. But, but yeah, so there's a gig, regular gig that I have where uh, about two years ago, maybe three years ago, I did refuse to play Happy Birthday. I was just like, I don't want to play Happy Birthday because um, <laughs> I was just like, man, this place is in a Jack Astor's. Why am I playing Happy Birthday? And a couple of times I play Happy Birthday, like yeah, yeah, I've played it up to like eight times in one night, right? Whoa, so yeah. somebody might be like, oh, whatever. Like, what are you complaining about? So I just decided, like, you know. It ha- me playing happy birthday is not actually what's going to make your night better um like so i i'm not doing it and and f- for the situation for it because the gig is just sort of what i call sonic wallpaper and uh so i'm like you haven't been listening to me all night and now all of a sudden like what's going to make your night is me playing you happy birthday i don't think so so <laughs> yeah yeah uh so i got asked by one of the staff and a lot of, there's a bunch of the staff who now know i don't play happy birthday some people come out with a cake and some of the piano players will play happy birthday right away i'm like nah not doing it um i will sort of leeway if like a customer asks me directly then like i you know i think i should play it at that point but if just mm-hmm. like sort of staff just like assumes that i should be playing it like no yeah, right? yeah it makes like, a difference in your, in your world but doesn't, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly, it doesn't make a difference in my world right yeah yeah but what's interesting about it is you know my girlfriend is a musician and uh um and she's kind of just moved back to the city after being away for almost 10 years uh, you know, trying to get back on her feet, and and I'm having a discussion with her, and she's just looking at me like, "What the hell is wrong with you?" There are a hundred piano players out there who would love that gig, have a regular gig each week, mm-hmm. and uh, and would you know be glad to play Happy Birthday for the entire evening, and you're complaining about it, right? Yeah. So yeah. it was interesting to kind of just have her perspective of. You know, whether or not I don't and granted, you know, when I say this story to you, I'm not saying it like I think I'm right um, uh, for having that stance, uh, you know, and, and even with her thing, I don't think necessarily like she's right or um, or she's wrong. But just having that sort of perspective of like, yeah, you know what, maybe I've gotten to a place where when I first started in the gig playing happy birthday wouldn't have been a big deal because I would have been like, oh, this is so great. But yeah, now yeah. you've been doing it so long, you know, it's easy to. Uh, for all of us with anything that you know time and it's easy to kind of forget the value of of the gig and like what it uh, you know what it means right so it's sort of like well do you want to play happy birthday or do you want to lose that in- that income and that's fine if you do but like just know you got to replace it now right because yeah, you've relied yeah. on that for a while so yeah yeah so i think yeah we all i think there's there's always that sort of struggle of of you get used to the money or you get used to the comfort that something provides and it's easy to um uh sort of take it for granted and uh mm-hmm. and, and be you know be complacent about it yeah so, yeah and uh, but sometimes just after time it just doesn't feel right in your heart you yeah. know and like yeah got to do your own thing and speaking of your own thing yeah. you just gotta well, yeah well yeah exactly i think which for me i think it more highlights that hey maybe you're actually moving into a different space with your music and so this doesn't necessarily align as well as it once did so yeah yeah, yeah. and uh i was very intrigued uh check out the new standard uh 
your latest album. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I listened to an interview of you talking about it and uh, just kind of your influences are beyond jazz, you know, like yeah. pop and stuff. And uh, can you tell me a little bit about uh, the you building this album? Yeah. You know, I think for me, it's just um, the, uh, what it is, is just, it was a, it's a, re- it was a reflection or is a reflection just kind of where I was musically what I was mm-hmm. doing, which is a lot of stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm in many environments where I don't always just get to play jazz and what's more suitable for that environment is for me just to bang out some top 40 tunes or um, bang out some more modern um, music. And so yeah, yeah. as a result, all of it kind of gets um, uh, put into this sort of this mixed bag and I weave in and out of uh, different things throughout the course of an evening or an afternoon when I'm playing. And so the album kind of really reflects that of just, you know, being sort of that isolated, which I don't think anybody um, ever is, but being sort of that isolated, just one thing um, isn't always what's best uh, for you and not also what's uh, most useful because it limits uh, your ability to uh, participate in a lot of different things if if only all you do is one thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's been nice for me just kind of like to add, you know, have some of those jazz influences have some of the pop influences, some of the more modern stuff, and put them into this space where, you know, there seems to be at least, I hope, some co- cohesion in the way it's presented. But, um, yeah, you know, for me, it was just sort of a fun thing to kind of uh, be able to present and not really, you know, especially because I recorded it um, without the support of the label initially. Um, it was fun, and not to say that it would change, but it was fun to just kind of record something without even thinking about how will it be perceived? Who you know is like, like looking at it? It's sort of like you kind of do it into. You're like, well, maybe you know, five other people than my family will listen to it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? so, yeah. So it's yeah for me, it's just kind of it's great. the The album is just just like, hey, what's what are you doing musically? Where are you at right now? And like, how do we incorporate that into a collection of of uh, things? Yeah. yeah, it's cool. It's like. Uh... Like I said before we hopped in here, I binge-watched a bunch of your uh, videos like posted online, too. And it's just has like such an epic feeling your your songs but also like it seems like it's not forced in a way. Like it's yeah. just like coming out of you and like I don't know. I I was almost like hypnotized by it. I'm like who the <laughs> fuck is this guy? This is like my new favorite musician. Oh, like, cool, man. Especially like uh I noticed too like even though like a lot of the songs they have like a pleasant vibe to it too you're even like hitting the keys really hard I'm like yeah. this is like rock music though <laughs> but like it sounds like nice and like yeah it's funny I don't you know, say that like, cuz yeah, I like yeah. I think of it that way sort of mm-hmm. like you know present a show right I think uh sometimes as musicians definitely in, in certain spaces or certain genres we kind of get into the art a little too much, got a little too artistic, and forget that it's also entertainment. And yeah, like yeah. Are, you know, which again, you know, that's not a uh, that's the way it should be. It's not a right or wrong answer. It's just sort of that's how I perceive it. And um, as much as I want people to enjoy it, I also want people to kind of be entertained and like you know um, be a part of it, like have something to get excited about. Yeah, yeah. And uh, was it in March you were at the Rex every week as well too? And- uh, was that March or April? Yeah. It's March. Oh, we are in April. Yes. Yeah, March. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. How was how was that experience like to have like a like a day like it was like your day every week there? And- yeah, that was cool. So we did we back in November we did a residency at the Rex, and the album hadn't been released re released yet with um, E One and uh, you know a bunch of different things have changed. Uh, 
not really for me, but a lot of things have happened around the music right now and having mm-hmm. sort of support of the label. So it's been a lot of radio interviews, a lot of newspaper stuff, just a lot of press and, and uh, various things. So we had a great time in November, really good turnout, but it was night and day compared to what happened in March. The place was packed every single night, every so night, every cool. day we played. And... Um, and it was just fun. The energy was just it was, the energy was yeah, electric. Yeah. So, it's like a legendary club yeah. for Toronto and uh, yeah. jazz and yeah, yeah. And you know, the Rex is just like you know they've been such a staple. And it's funny because as I get older, like you know, really definitely appreciate the Rex a lot more than than I used to. Um, and probably one of those reasons is it's still around. You know, so for whatever you know qualms you may have of it or whatever, I don't know if anybody does have any issues, but it's still here it's still a venue that um has been a place for people to go and play and mm-hmm. with with all the venues that have kind of just sort of come and gone um it's been able to fit you know yeah, it's form- almost like one of the last ones standing yeah, in exactly. a way yeah. it's created a for- they've created a formula that works for them and um you know maybe they're situated well where they are but uh um but it's it's i appreciate uh being able to play at a venue like that and uh and you know take the group down and just sort of like rehearse and work on the new material too yeah yeah that. so it's, uh, i think that's always great yeah you're out there killing it and uh i kind of want to go back in time with you do you have a a certain memory of like maybe your earliest memory of wanting to pursue music as a kid like just maybe listening to something or like touching an instrument or you know i i don't even have memories of wanting to pursue music as a kid because I think as I kind of was rounding around finishing high school, um, it was like I hadn't really thought, oh, I want to go into music. It just kind of like I'd been doing, you know, I've been playing piano since I was four or five. So I've been playing since I was like five and a half. And um, and so for me, music has always just been a part of my life. So there's never been, I never really thought of it as this sort of conscious sort of decision um whereas you know some of my friends maybe they started when they were 13 or 14 started a little later it's sort of more uh uh, um, something that's in their consciousness that they're doing for me music has always just sort of been there so when it sort of came time to you know pick a school or whatnot um it didn't even it almost didn't even occur to me that i could do music in school sort of like oh yeah i guess i could do music Sure, well, let's do that. Yeah, like, right you know, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just seemed like such a natural yeah. thing to just hop yeah. into. Yeah, 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 exactly. And in some, it's funny because in some ways I almost like, I wouldn't say I wish I didn't study it in uh, university, but because knowing that there was, knowing that I was just never going to get away from playing music, mm-hmm. um, having that comfort would have made it maybe a little easier to like not do music in school right yeah so, yeah like, you've done something else that might have complicated complimented it or or not who knows but mm-hmm. uh, um yeah for me it's just sort of like yeah we're doing music and yeah i guess we're doing music and wow we're doing music and yeah we're still doing music. <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 didn't you uh go to boston as well for music yeah so i went to um uh humber right out of, uh, after high school and a few years later, I had an opportunity to go do a summer program down um, at Berkeley. Did that program and uh, did some auditions for their schooling. And I just kind of thought, hey, why not? Like, just do the auditions. And then um, ended up getting a bit of a scholarship. And I just was like, ah, it's not enough to go to Berkeley, but you should at least audition for the actual school for entrance. Did that, got a got another boost in the scholarship. and uh, And then I thought, you know what, maybe let's see if we can, like, raise the money to go 
to Berkeley. So, mm. um, and then I was able to do that, which is crazy. It's funny. I was, like just before I came here, I was actually telling somebody about the story about going to Berkeley, um, which I won't go into now, but, and it's just essentially if I, you know, the storyline that just follows the money for me getting down there and completing it is an incredible story itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, one I should probably like document cause it's pretty, it's pretty, um, like for me, just like wonderful and and uh, I'm interested. What happened, yeah. man? <laughs> yeah, what happened? No, like, like with the, the movie, yeah. well, yeah. When, I say, just when like, I say following the money, it's yeah. just sort of like all the places money came from to allow me to go to Berkeley, right? And, oh, okay, and all the yeah. people who helped out, all the people who supported, um, all the I call them like little miracles that happened along the way. All the places money came out of just oh, wow. when I really needed it, and yeah. uh, you know thought I wouldn't be able to finish or continue. Um, it's actually quite a long story, so that's yeah, why yeah. that's why I like you know, <laughs> to take up a whole show. Yeah. But uh, but what's funny is I you know I wanted to go to Berkeley when I was sixteen, and they had us world music. Uh, I forget what exactly it was called, and uh, I auditioned for it and uh, um, or like through online you had to send a tape at that time, and you know didn't get in. I got a letter saying hey you play really well, but we're not. This is not what uh, you know we're looking for or whatever didn't think anything of it so then I get into Berkeley in my second semester or I decided that in my second semester I would go to Greece and do an exchange program and so when you're doing the exchange program they make sure that you know your marks are good and that uh, um, they also do not uh, interview with you just to make sure you know you're gonna go over there and can be over there and not embarrass us or have they kind of just check yeah. you like i'll oh, make sure he's not a psycho or like that. exactly <laughs> that's hilarious and so, so the yeah. guy i'm interviewing you know sits down with me and we start talking he goes thompson you tried to come to berkeley 10 years ago right i go yeah yeah when i was 16 i sent the tape he goes yeah i got that tape i thought it was amazing and i was pushing for you to c- come to the school but they were going in a different direction wow at the time. wow and I was yeah. Just, yeah so i was kind of just floored like what yeah he knew you yeah yeah he like yeah he remembered the name he was in a completely different department at the time too which is also kind of funny so now he's in a new department and then all of a sudden i pop up and it's just like you know i guess it's you know it's such a unique last name so there it was hard to uh, hard to forget and maybe when he saw the name he he like you know looked it up or f- tried to rack his brain as to why it was familiar but it was so interesting to kind of have that uh, that experience because I think for me when I decided I wanted to go to Berkeley, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to Berkeley. And I kind of forgot about it. You know, as you get older, like you think you're done, like, yeah, Berkeley's not going to happen, whatever. Or, you know, you don't even th- or you don't even think about it. And then all of a sudden this opportunity comes up to go and then you're there, you know, and, yeah, and yeah. someone was like, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. almost like meant to be, you yeah, know, it's like definitely. just the. The guiding force that keep pushing you and making you sure, like you're like in that direction, like yeah. even when you think like, oh, maybe I don't have the money to go here or whatever, somebody comes by and like, yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome, man. And um, from there too, like you teach yourself, right? Um, you have your own foundation, yeah. I notice, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, I think I read it was like in the Jane and Finch area, and yeah, uh, we've done some programs there. We've yeah. done programs around the city. Um, right now I'm kind of pivoting and figuring out what the next iteration of the foundation is going to be, um, just, in just in terms of like giving and, um, where, you know, we can make the, I wouldn't say biggest impact, but where we can make an impact and do it in a way that's sort of sustainable. Yeah. yeah. Um, because you know, there are a lot of foundations out there. A lot of people ask for money and there's a lot of great stuff out there. So, um, so I'd like to just, especially since I went to Boston, now I'm back, you know, figure out how to, you know what's the right look um 
uh, you know, for the foundation where, where, you know, where's the need, uh, you know, the greatest or where, where's their need. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you're always kind of reevaluating that stuff, I guess, even in your life, like kind of always reevaluating, um, you know, how to, uh, continue to move forward and, and nice. Yeah. 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 Evolve the whole thing. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I watched a video on it. It was, it was super, it was like so beautiful to see like, uh, just the process of, the schooling you guys were doing with the kids and yeah. like uh almost like teaching them not just like music theory but yeah. uh also letting them have freedom to create music as well because yeah. i i found like just through my experience of like high school music class or whatever they're like this is a certain way to play yeah. and they only teach you songs but they never really let you go branch out and like yeah make your own song in a way or that yeah. was just my own experience but i feel like many other like schools have music programs that are like that and it was almost awesome yeah like seeing you take these young kids and telling them to embrace no like yeah. we're gonna write lyrics today for this piece of music and like yeah it was i don't know it was just so cool to see and like is that like kind of like a philosophy like when you meet these kids like you really want them to tap into their own personal creativity or? Well, you know, the thought around that particular program, I think for me was, was trying to figure out how do we, um, you know, create a music program, make it accessible to all the kids. Um, I also, one of the things I thought was, you know, would take the, all the kids are at a different level. They learn at a different level. And because they're not doing private lessons, I thought actually what the best thing um, for me to do was to actually take the instruments out of the kids' hands. And I was like, if I take the kid, the instruments out of the kids' hands, I put them all on the same level uh, playing field. Because what I found even in my <clears throat> personal life when I've t taught kids music is that the difference between kids whose parents are involved in what they do and, and kids whose parents aren't is like night and day. So like, you know, I only have to teach a kid for like two or three lessons to know which kids parents sit down and work with them which kids don't like it's mm, the, yeah, the yeah. progress isn't even like it's not even close right yeah um and so keeping that in mind i i you know i thought if you know if we do group lessons of just like putting them in front of keyboards or whatnot some will go um faster than others you know some will drop off as a result some yeah that's very well, true. You know, whether it's there whether they're at the top end of that or the bottom end of that maybe you kind of play to the middle and so the thought was, well, what can we do to kind of level the playing field? And I thought, well, to level the playing field, um, we just get the kids to bring their stories. Everybody's got a story. We mm -hmm. all come from somewhere. We all have experiences. And, like, how do we incorporate that into the music and use that as sort of the driving force into the creativity of what they're going to do? And so, um, and so that was kind of the premise of like, all right, what are we, what are we going to do? So it's like, hey, what, do, what stories do you have to tell? Okay, and now let's figure out how to put that into music. Let's figure out how to make a song out of that. And so I got very fortunate with the gentleman that I worked with, um, the composers and, music, and musicians, and uh, they were really able to kind of bring that out of the kids. And I think it was a very collaborative um, experience, music making experience, and. Uh, um, you know, we, I got a lot out of it, seeing it, um, seeing the way it developed. I think the kids did as well. So it was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. That's beautiful too. And it's like an experience I feel that could stick with these kids for life when they think about like diving into like a different instrument or whatever, yeah. they kind of take those like, um, I don't know, guess those lessons on creation and yeah. embrace it. And I think there was a moment, uh, that you guys were talking about how like sometimes you, like they would get like an idea or like express something and then yeah. they 
get feel vulnerable and, and like because like it's like a new feeling but yeah. uh almost like learning yeah. like no that's that's a good thing type yeah 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 and uh i kind of want to uh, talk about too like your creation process on like how you come up with your pieces because i know you do original stuff you kind of make renditions of different covers is does it come from just riffing these things and just adding your own flavor to it or is it something more calculated like you think that okay i want this to be this way and then uh it's i think it's all of the above so yeah you know because uh i'm fortunate that i'm playing quite a bit uh there's a lot of times where i'll be playing you know you know something at a restaurant or show whatever and and then I'll uh, and I'll, I'll stumble across something and I think it's great and so yeah, yeah. I always find it funny people will be walking by me and I'll be on my phone but actually what I'm doing is I'm pulling up a um, voice note so I can actually record what it is so I don't forget the idea oh nice so nice come back yeah to it yeah later. and so some songs have actually developed that way where it's just like you kept playing 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 and and um, would throw it into a sort of a set and it grew that way and then when I get home work on it. Uh, um, and, uh, and then it develops and then there's, there's a few ones where I'll just sit down and purposely like, all right, today we're creating something. Um, let's, let's start, you know, let's start here and let's write it down and let's come back to it and let's, you know, work on this. So that's very, very cool. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, how much of you like just sitting down, like makes the actual cut. Do you find like you're making like. Like if you were doing like a album with like ten songs, is do you make thirty songs before you pick those like final ones or? Uh, I like... pick them. Uh, no, I pick them before I go in the studio. Cool, so they're already, cool. Yeah, they're yeah. The you know the other side of sort of the you know because I'm playing with the trio and the trio's pretty busy. Um, that's sort of our weeding out process. You know, the playing of the shows is like our process to actually dwindle down what it is that will get recorded so by the time we're recording we actually know we've it's been over rehearsed you know without going into necessarily a rehearsal space to rehearse it because um we're busy enough that the we have a chance to play through all those yeah, things. yeah 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 and uh speaking of the trio too like uh it's cool that it's only like a trio but when you listen to it for some reason just in my head it sounds bigger like yeah like I mentioned the word epic before too, and it's like I don't know uh, how like I don't know like the dynamic can turn something into like that where yeah. it sounds like it's you guys got something special going on, which yeah. is really really cool. Um, how did you meet the other two guys? The other guys I went to Humber with actually, so okay. we were at Humber at the same time. Um, and funny enough, actually, we didn't play with each other at Humber. So my drummer, Jeff, is like, sometimes the way music school happens is kind of like they kind of lump all the good kids together and like whatnot. So we, we, we uh, the bass player and I have sort of this joke that, you know, the drummer was too good for us to play with in school. Yeah, and then yeah. you get into real life and then you get to play with everybody, right? So he was like an A-band um, drummer, really great drummer. And, uh, and it's really actually, you know, 10 years after being at Humber, my drummer had fallen in love with a door girl at one of our venues and then moved to Germany with her. Wow. And so, <laughs> uh, and so we were looking for a, um, uh, we were looking for a, a drummer and, uh, you know, we, we were already always playing with a lot of different players. And one day I couldn't, all the regular guys I went to were, were, uh, weren't available. 
And so I was just like, oh, you know what? Let me just um, reach out to, you know, Jeff, see if he would play. I just was on Facebook and um, and just, like, saw his name pop up. And uh, so I sent him a message. I'm like, hey, man, would you, like, want to play with us maybe? <laughs> and uh, he was like, yeah, sure, why not? You know, we'd never played with each other. And uh, the first time we played, I was just like, I got to record with him. Like immediately, it was like this is this is the drummer I've been waiting for, you know, my, 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 my <laughs> yeah. entire musical life, um, and uh, and so since then we've just been playing and um, uh, developing, you know, just like a really awesome relationship. We're we're big cigar smokers, so we have a ritual at like rehearsal gigs before gigs. We smoke a cigar, gangster, and, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And jazz and cigars. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> it's so. so awesome and cliche. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, it's it's funny because I didn't yeah. realize because you know I had no one else to smoke cigars with yeah, me. Yeah. One day it's like, oh, you like cigars? You like cigars too? Oh, let's do this. Um, yeah, match so made in heaven. Yeah. yeah. Um, Randall, my bass player, we started playing sort of I guess at the not at the end of my sort of humble career like um again i think uh, the time the bass player i was using uh ended up getting married mm-hmm. excuse me and uh you know I'm, i hope he's happy uh <laughs> and uh, yeah. but uh so yeah randall came kind of came along he was suggested and he's kind of just stuck around man he's just been yeah, there yeah. and uh uh has been very very reliable and and uh um, I always just spend someone easy, easy to easy to work with. So, oh. yeah, that's that's really cool. Uh, around the music, uh, when you just want to reset, uh, what is there like anything you do, or like just like do you binge watch movies, or like is it always music with you, or do you? No, I you know have I have some hobbies that people don't know about or hobbies. Um, I'm very athletic. Play on a well. Now I'm not playing soccer. I've actually now picked up basketball, which is funny because I haven't played basketball in like 15 years. I oh, kind of yeah. stopped playing because I used to stub my fingers, and obviously that's not good for music. Oh yeah, um, yeah, so that's became, interesting too, especially being a piano player. You yeah, don't want yeah, that to happen exactly. at all. Yeah. So I kind of became a big um, soccer player. Well, no, I had, I'd also been playing like concurrently soccer and basketball very much, but in sort of my adult years, um, not so much uh, basketball, but more soccer. But lately I've started picking that up. And then, you know, I'm, man, I'm always busy. Like there's a bunch yeah, yeah. of um, organizations that I'm involved with, some charity work and, uh, which has been fun for me because it's, it's just great to see how uh, different organizations grow. And, and I think, you know, Toronto's such a big city, but for me, growing up in Regent Park, I think one of the um, things that I've always noticed is that, you know, there's a lot more uh, vulnerable people out there than, than we really can grasp um, and know of. And it's easy, you know, with a city that's done, it's doing as well as it has and, all the commerce and, you know, people do, I have, you know, a lot of friends who do really well, but are very, um, isolated from that other side of, Hey, like there's, you know, the city has some real major problems. And, you know, Mm -hmm. one of them is, um, you know, our our homelessness situation. And obviously the city's trying to tackle that. And, uh, one of the boards I sit on, uh, organization called Dixon hall, um, neighborhood services. So we have two shelters in the city. We're trying to find a location for a new one right now and to, um, so that we can get a few more beds, help the city out. Because the city, Tory said that, uh, you know, they really need to find at least a thousand more beds in the city to help with the growing problem with homelessness. And so, you know, that those are issues, I think, that, you know, my everyday life, most of the people I'm connected to, like, have no 
idea about like I have no concept of um, just just how vulnerable there are some of the people in our community are. And uh, so it's nice to kind of have that balance of just being able to see that and remember every time I complain about having to play happy birthday, yeah, you know, you hey, think of the other yeah, side you think right the away. Other side, yeah, hey, yeah. You could have no job yeah. and uh, and you could be going from shelter to shelter or whatnot. And um, although that's a little extreme, but uh, it, it kind of puts things into perspective that, you know, life's not as bad as you, as you think. Yeah, it is, it's you know? so beautiful that you're so involved with that kind of stuff on your free time and everything and yeah, it's really like it probably helps like like you mentioned like almost humble you in certain situations where yeah. you just kind of Well, I, you know, I've been fortunate I think so Dixon Hall um has a lot of different programs and, and um so they run Meals on Wheels for sort of uh Toronto Central um if I said the catchment area I'd probably be wrong but sort of like Cabbage Town sort of region part mm-hmm. sort of area um a little I don't think it goes quite far as young but uh you know we had they we just did a big volunteer thing and through our volunteers um uh, about over 39,000 hours of have been logged for people who have supported. Um, and then again, I, like I mentioned, you know, we have the shelters. We also run um, 17 out of the cold uh, sites during the winter. So out of cold is a program of like emergency shelters uh, that run from November to April. And it's for like extreme cold weather reports. And so we partner with, you know, faith-based groups, so synagogues, churches, you know, mosques, and they'll open up their space once a week to allow us to set up these sort of, you know, temporary uh, shelters. But one of the other cool things is the um, they, there's a music school, um, also a children's youth program. Uh, that really services sort of like the Moss Park, Regent Park area, Domel Court, and that's where I started playing piano. So for me, it's been a very Whoa, cool, yeah. just kind of full circle. Yeah, when yeah. I moved to Canada and lived in Regent Park, that was a service that I used, and now um, later on in life, I'm being able to kind of get, uh, contribute to the work that they're doing because they do some pretty amazing work. You oh, know, wow. That's yeah, and for me, music is like everything in my life. So that's mm-hmm. sort of the beginning and the catalyst for everything that's happened so even i find that even my opportunities that are outside of music and would seem to have no relationship still have come from that place and so it kind of all goes back to there mm, that's so, like where the heart is yeah right exactly yeah, yeah. Whoa, so it's been so yeah. It's for yeah so for me sitting on you know it's sort of like hey you do all this volunteer work that's really great but like the truth is it's for me i it's a it's really a privilege to be able to kind of um be a part of programming that I know really makes a difference in a lot of people's lives and because uh, obviously it made a huge difference in mine and, and my sister's and stuff so uh, so it's uh, it's really yeah, so it's, yeah. Yeah, it's super rewarding and again just kind of just it's not a hey me giving back it's sort of like hey I'm actually you know this is I'm lucky to be a part of something like this yeah that's amazing yeah. man that's that's awesome cheers to that oh, cheers. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um while uh, like you're in these programs too, do you ever like get inspired musically from uh, seeing other people's stories and like almost think like, oh, maybe I want to make a song about this person? Or have you ever dove into that type of creativity? Or um, I have. Well, actually, so the music school celebrated 30 years um, two years ago, and I was asked, I was commissioned to write a song for them. So, mm, cool, um, cool. which was, which is also kind of cool. It's yeah, like, yeah. I got to, you know, write a, a musical piece for the uh, program that I started. And this past year, I actually played it, did a arrangement with, uh, 
think four guitar players of of that piece as well. So which actually appears on um, my first album, which is just the solo piano album, the short story. So cool. Yeah. yeah awesome. Awesome. And uh, I believe it's May fourth. You got a new song coming out as well. Is it dropping? Yeah, there? May, yeah. So May May fourth and May fifth. Yeah, I think yeah. at midnight. Oh, mi- yeah. So midnight May fourth. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. It's uh, uh, yeah. It's uh. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to think of the name. I saw it in an email from uh, so, Ola. It's something paradise, yeah, right? Okay, okay. Paradise. Yeah, so it's, yeah. like, it's sort of like the band's take on Gangsta's Paradise. Okay, yeah. Oh, okay, and yeah. And so it's a cover. Yeah. yeah well, cool, yeah. funny enough, it's yeah. it, it wasn't really a cover, but because we kind of um, uh, uh, referenced the tune in the song, uh, it was kind of encouraged that, well, we're going to have to like clear this anyways, so you might as well just call it that, right? So yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So it's sort of our take on it, and you have to wait for it before before you hear that piece of it. Okay, cool. Because um, uh, I think uh, I got a file, and yeah. uh, I uh, listened to the beginning of it, and um, the file wasn't named Gangsters Paradise; yeah. it was something else, Paradise. So did yeah. you have another title for it originally? The, or, the, yeah. yeah, initially I was going to sort of call it sort of. Um, uh, now I forget what I was going to oh, call yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's probably, that's the name of the one yes, I got. But yeah, that's exactly. cool. It's really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But on the live, so in the live version, like I wasn't going to do it when we record, but when we do it live, I always find it, because I'm always sort of doing a medley or a mishmash of stuff. You know, I started throwing that in, um, not right when we first started, but I remember just f- playing and I was like, oh, this fits right here. So um, when that happened, um, that became a part of the sort of live part of cool like playing the song and that's so, got to yeah. kind of pop the crowd too they're yeah. just like oh i know that one yeah, like exactly, type of like yeah. the nostalgia and like just hip-hop and all yeah. that yeah yeah exactly that's so so cool and uh yeah also i believe on the day you have uh, a show coming up as well at uh in kensington market i believe yeah we'll yeah. be playing at the poacher jazz cafe so yeah. um which is a great venue another really great venue in the city newer venue but uh um, it's really sort of taken off. Its legs have kind of like gotten under it. The place is always packed. It's sometimes hard to get in there and and uh, you know check out what's going on. Um, I've gone I've gone a few nights you know to see some other acts and like you can barely get in through the door. So oh, so it's really intimate, sweaty, real <laughs> nice. Now yeah. that the weather's getting better though, the patio will be opened up. So that means uh, that'll mean they they'll be able to to accommodate more people again. Um, but, uh, yeah, it gets, it gets super tight in there. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, definitely. I'm going to be at that one if I can get oh, in. Cool. I, yeah. I, since cool. now you're telling me it gets really tight, yeah. I'm going to try and, uh, actually uh, it's funny cause uh, I've never been to a concert with my dad. Like, oh, cool. but I know he loves jazz yeah. and when I listen to your stuff, I keep thinking, oh, my father would love this stuff. But usually like on my time, like. I'm going to like metal shows, yeah. <laughs> so like it's places I can't take him. So I'm gonna see if he's not busy, and like yeah. maybe we'll have our like one one of our uh, first few concert experiences. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So That'd hopefully cool. we can we can try to get a spot in there, and I'm gonna try to get uh, a bunch of the Girth Radio other show hosts there too because i think they're really gonna dig what you do and cool yeah yeah you're just something special too and (laughs) like like i said too like i got so hypnotized by uh just watching you play in all these youtube videos too it's just phenomenal like Mm. how you you're doing like very difficult things but making it feel like when i see your body language it seems effortless like 
almost like it's <laughs> easy to this guy and like while you're yeah, playing yeah. like what's what's the feeling is it like euphoric are you unconscious like kind of doing stuff yeah, or like, yeah it's uh i always sort of describe it as i'm always i'm, <laughs> I'm uh moving i'm watching myself actually yeah, yeah. uh so not that i'm not present but definitely i get the feeling of of like I, i'm actually watching myself yeah like in a third person third, yeah whoa yeah, that's, that's what, cool yeah, that's usually what it feels like for me I uh I hear that from not just like musicians but uh lots of people who are excellent at the craft like comedians and stuff yeah. like that they said like oh when they're at their best it seems like it's not even them it's like yeah, almost sure. a outer body experience happening yeah, yeah I get that and, way when yeah. I play sports too it's like cool it's very yeah. like when especially when I was when I was younger like the feeling is sort of just like okay now I'm watching myself which is always funny because I always found that as a, when I was younger, I never got nervous. The only time I ever got nervous playing was if I wasn't prepared, specifically because I knew that something else took over. So if I wasn't Ooh, prepared, yeah, that's yeah. why I would ever be nervous. But if I if I knew I was prepared, then I never, um, I was never sort of scared of that. Yeah, and I was yeah. I was always somebody, you know, even like you know when I because I did play a ton of sports when I was younger, I was always somebody who never practiced well. So like you know, mm-hmm. you know, I'd start playing and on the basketball team, I wouldn't be on the starting line, but by game the third game of the season, I'd be on the starting line because in practice i always was like kind of garbage but something once i got on on the court showtime like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and so playing at the same time i remember as a kid sometimes the first time i played something perfectly was when i was performing it right um which was you know i could never pretty perfect had time to, had to perform and then all of a sudden it just it was just there so uh so for me it's that's the feeling the feeling is sort of like you know i've been removed and now I get to like watch something else like uh, unfold. So that's so interesting. Yeah. It's just like uh, a possession that a lot of artists get. And it's, yeah, yeah, it's so intriguing. Like what that is. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's, it's yeah, it's just super common and yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, anything else you want to say before we wrap this up? Like we definitely should like plug uh, again the show May fourth. Yeah, 4th, yeah. Uh, go on Spotify. Follow me. You know, subscribe, subscribe to this. Yes, yeah, Girth Radio makes sure, do a lot of subscribing. We just had our conversation about subscribing. Yeah, I yeah, thought, right I said, yeah, yeah. I thought it was lame. I used to think it was lame when people were like, "Oh, subscribe to me." I'm like, "Why are they always telling them to subscribe?" But now I get it. Yeah, it so, actually kind of helps the feedback and yeah. everything. And like we were For talking sure. about, like when you subscribe, uh, yeah, it actually uh, pushes you towards like bigger pages and main yeah. pages, and like just gets yeah. in the rotation of. Uh, shows whether it's like podcasting or music exactly. getting advertised a little bit more and yeah like, so that's our shameless plug yeah, yeah yeah no more no more uh yeah no more no more being shy we need the help you know if you like us and you want other people to like us you know yeah subscribe. yeah <laughs> yeah and everybody who's listening right now on itunes google play stitcher also big reminder um, we post an episode on girthradio.com. Every episode has its own page. You're going to see pictures of Thompson in the studio. You're going to see links to all his stuff from his music to the videos we talked about today. And, uh, yeah, future show dates and everything. Everything. Yeah, cool. He's got a lot going on, and it's awesome. And thanks for an awesome talk today, man. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Girth Radio.